Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's Word to which we draw our attention today is a part of our Gospel reading from John chapter 1. Please rise as we hear again a portion of our, of our reading. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as an eyewitness to testify about the light so that everyone would believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. Thus far the text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Sometimes it's pretty hard to make or to maneuver your way through your house in the darkness. If you get up in the middle of the night, you know what it's like. You, you probably know where all of your furniture is and the walls and such, but still there might be a chance that you're going to stub a toe, bang an elbow or something as you're trying to work your way through your house. It's not like you have great night vision, like some animals do, like cats seem to be able to see in the dark, and other nocturnal animals that can see in the dark. We have a hard time being in the darkness. And the darkness that we're in when it comes to our sin is even worse. The darkness of our sin is so dark, it's, it's blacker than, than any moonless night. It's blacker than being inside of a cave. It's a darkness into which we're born, a darkness that we have inside of us, and we need light. The people in John the Baptizer's day were, were in the same predicament. They needed light because they too were in the darkness, because like everyone, they were born into that eternal, internal black darkness of sin. And for them, John proved to be that light because he had come as the light for the light. John the Baptizer's mission, that is, was to lead people to the light of the world, to Jesus himself. And his message applies not just for his, the people of his day, but also for us. So John came as the light for the light by testifying about the light. He came to tell, in other words, about Jesus Christ. Now that sounds simple enough to us because we know who Jesus is. We know he is the Savior of the world. But in John's day, things weren't quite that simple. If people had heard of Jesus, well, they just knew him as this man from Nazareth. And the people who were coming out to John, well, what were they coming out to see? There were a lot of teachers, a lot of traveling preachers, you see, that, that used to go around the countryside and, and they would try to, to build up support for themselves financially, yes, but they tried to gain followers that would listen to their teaching. But that's not what John was doing. He wasn't just out trying to gain some followers so he could like be the leader of a cult or something. And he made sure that the people that were coming out to him, that they knew who he was and what he was doing. He says, I am not the Christ, when the chief priest had, had asked him who he was. And sure, John was a special teacher. 
He was one whose, whose coming had been prophesied from the Old Testament. But he had no power to give people light. He had no power in himself to illumine people. And so he had to point them to the light, to Jesus Christ. John couldn't give the people ultimately what they needed as they were groping around in the darkness of their sin. He didn't have light on his own. And that's why he was showing them to the light. And then they would find relief. They would find relief from their, from their heavy burden of sin. What was that burden? Yes, it was sin. But think about them in their particular day. The religious leaders, the teachers, had taught the people, rightly so, that they needed to obey God's law. They needed to obey his commandments. And that's true. But sometimes they went just a little bit overboard, and, and that was all there was to their faith, was obeying the law, or at least making sure that it looked like you were obeying the law. And so it became an, a, a very oppressive system under which they were living because they always had this pressure on them to obey the law. Maybe you feel that same sort of pressure. The pressure to obey all of God's rules, all of His commandments. Well, you should feel that pressure. God's standards are very precise. And they are very demanding. God says that you're supposed to keep everything that he tells you to do and to stay away from everything he tells you to stay away from. And he says that it's just one sin, one sin that makes you deserving of hell. It doesn't matter what the sin is. Maybe it's the sin of pride, of, of thinking that, that you can earn your way into God's good graces. But you can't because you can't keep God's law because you are in spiritual darkness on your own. But John came to show all people how to get to the light, how to get out of the darkness. Now, how could John do this? He was a, a mere man. He was a sinner like everyone else. So how could he help people to the light? Well, John reflected the light of Jesus. Later on, Jesus would say, John was a lamp that burned and gave light. This light that was given to John, it wasn't his. He was really just reflecting the light that God had given him so that people would see the light, the light of the world. It's kind of like when uh, in the wintertime, if, if there's been a nice big snowfall and you're out driving through the countryside and the sun is shining really brightly, it's kind of hard to look directly at that snow, right? It's so bright but does that snow have any light of its own? No. It's simply reflecting the light of the sun. And that's what John was doing. He was reflecting the light of the light of the Son of God. And that's why it states in verse 7 that John came as an eyewitness to testify about the light so that everyone would believe through him. Again, John didn't come to try to gain followers for himself. He didn't want people to believe in him. He wanted people to believe in Jesus, in Jesus as their Savior. It says, so that everyone would believe. Everyone? Did everyone who came out to, to hear John preaching, did everyone end up believing in Jesus? 
Does everyone today? Well, of course, not everyone believed back then just as much as everyone today doesn't believe in Jesus. The point is, is that John's message was and is for all people. It was for the people of his day. It's for the people of our day. It's for you and me. The Bible is very clear that all of us are in sin and darkness. We all need to be shown the way to the light. And God wants that message, that message of forgiveness through Jesus to be, to be told to everyone. And note what else is significant about that verse. It says, so that everyone would believe. Now we use that word believe and, and hear it so often that maybe we kind of forget what its, what its deep meaning is. We use it in everyday language. We, we hear it used commonly to talk about things that maybe it's just expressing existence of something. I believe that the world is round. I believe that I am in the middle of Iowa. I believe that there is a God. But the belief that's being talked about here is something different. So that everyone would believe. And the belief that's talked about here is the belief in Christ, the trust in Christ that we are to have, the faith that we have. We believe in him. We trust in the light for forgiveness, forgiveness of our sins, forgiveness that was accomplished by him living and dying and rising for us. And God wants you to look at the light as your Savior. You want, he wants you to trust in him for all things. He wants you to come out of the darkness of sin and death. What good would it do to, to hear John telling us, here, here is the way through the darkness of sin to the light. And to sit and think, oh good, there is hope. We have something to look forward to without actually believing it. That sort of knowledge is not any good unless we believe it. Unless by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are brought to trust in Jesus and the work that he came to do. When the Holy Spirit came to you in your baptism and washed your sins away, he created that faith in you, in your heart. He created that trust in Jesus in you so that you look to him as the light so that no longer are you stuck in the darkness of sin, but you are in the light of your Savior Jesus. Now John definitely didn't want people to believe in him. He, he knew his mission. He knew his mission was simply to point to Jesus and point people to him as the one who had come to save them. And Jesus, or John was also the light for the light because he tells us to make straight the way of the Lord. Now, Israel is a very hilly country in many places. In fact, the city of Jerusalem kind of sits up on this ridge between some valleys. And, and John is not talking here, though, about like leveling off the land to make sure that it's okay for the king to be coming in. He's talking about straightening a different path. The path that he wants to be made straight is the path that leads into our heart. But that path is blocked, it's obstructed, and I'm not talking about clogged arteries. That path is obstructed by sin. The way into our hearts has to be made straight for 
for us to be able to receive the light, for the darkness of our sin to be taken away. And there are two things that need to happen for this way into our hearts to be made straight. First off, we need to repent. We know that that was a main part of John's message. When you read the various gospel accounts, such as in Matthew, he talks about John coming and preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. By repentance, I mean we're convicted of our sin. We recognize our sin. We look at God's law and see how far short we fall of holding up to it. And that causes us to feel bad. It causes us to feel sorry that we can't keep his law. All of his demands that he puts on us. We just can't do it. And then repentance also consists not just in turning away from our sin, but turning to Jesus in faith. In the reception of the forgiveness of your sins. Forgiveness that was won for you by your Savior Jesus. This faith, as I said before, is worked in us by the Holy Spirit, working through the Word. But all of this, this repentance, turning away from our sin, turning to Jesus in faith, we can't do this on our own. We don't have that power. Now, right now, you might be preparing for Christmas and maybe preparing to give gifts, preparing to receive gifts. And when you think about receiving a gift, if it is a true gift, what did you do to receive it? Well, you didn't do anything. Because if you had done something, then it would have been really something that you earned. But it's by God's grace, His undeserved love and mercy, that we are able to repent of our sins and cling to Jesus as our Savior. When we hear John's Advent message of repent and we're moved by God's grace to recognize our sins, we ask for forgiveness from Him, from our Savior Jesus, the light of the world. And that, that alone, God's grace is what unblocks that way that, that leads into our heart. We can't decide on our own to do it, but God is the one who works that faith in us. And so as that way is, is unblocked, it's made straight by God's grace, John also says that this way is actually one of royal dignity. That's the language that he's using when he's talking about make straight the way of the Lord and, and declaring his praises. Now we might not think that the way to our hearts is, is very royal. I mean, we're not that special of people, right? And that's true according to the way that you're born. But, but when John says, make straight the way of the Lord, he is using that language of, of an approaching dignitary, a royal dignitary coming to town. We might not think that way about Jesus. The people of his day definitely didn't. And as Paul says in, in Philippians chapter 2, although Jesus was God, he emptied himself, he made himself a slave, he became like other human beings. And that's why there were so many people in, in John's and Jesus' day that didn't make straight the way of the Lord because they looked at Jesus and they just saw a man. They didn't see him as anything special. But through faith, we do. We see Jesus for who he is. We have been shown that he is the light of the world, the one who has come to bring salvation, not just to the world, 
but to you. Now, as I'm winding down here, maybe you've noticed that the, the emphasis really hasn't been on John that much, but it's been shifting more and more to Jesus. And that's the way John wanted it. We heard in the gospel reading about the one coming after him that he said was, was greater than he was. And he wasn't even worthy to stoop down and untie his sandal. And that's what John's message was. I am not the one who has come to save you. I'm simply pointing the way to the light, to the one who has come to bring you salvation, who has come to, to bring you out of the darkness of sin. Now, during this time of the year, it's kind of easy to get caught up in all of the, the preparations for Christmas. And maybe we start to forget just a little bit about what we're preparing for. And maybe that's a little bit evident because we, we're so excited in, in the days and weeks leading up to Christmas, but what happens after Christmas? Maybe we get a little bit of that post-Christmas letdown. We look at all of the decorations and they start to look a little bit stale and we say, oh, I have to take all these things down. Well, maybe that's simply a reflection of what we're thinking about as we're celebrating. Are we celebrating the birth of our Savior, the light of the world, the one who has come to rescue us from sin and darkness? As we think about what we're celebrating, as we're thinking about the coming of our Savior, yes, we do repent of our sins, but we welcome Him because He is the light. He is not just light for us. He's the light of the world. He is our Savior King. Amen.